Hello and welcome to the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. This is episode 62 and once again we're going back to our pre-season series, this time with Surrey all-rounder Ricky Clark and it was brilliant to catch up with him during these sessions given his longevity in the game, well over now 20 seasons playing professional cricket. So the topics we discussed were fielding focus, motivation to keep improving and overcoming setbacks. This was originally recorded back in February as part of this series live on Zoom and the recording is also available on YouTube. But here it is for you to listen to via a podcast and I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Hello, Ricky. You all right? Hi, Mike. You are right? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Having a few technical issues there. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Yeah, that's the story of my life. <laughs> Whenever you need it, it goes really, really slow. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing would load. How are you? Been... Yeah, good, mate. Yeah. How's um, coaching online been? Have you had plenty of stuff to keep you busy? A uh, little bit, yeah. More um, admin stuff um, than anything. Um so getting a, a bit of admin work done, uh, a bit of homeschooling with the kids, uh, trying to get out and do a bit of fitness as well, obviously, um, ready for the, the season to start. So, yeah, um, even though uh, lockdown, still pretty busy. Yeah, that's it. Life goes on, doesn't it? Despite Yeah, it has to. Yeah. So it's actually quite handy because the more you are busy during the days, it, it sort of takes away the fact that you are locked down. So yeah, it uh, just helped a little bit. Now, funnily enough, when I was looking at this stuff before, um, I was trying to just place what, what I thought your age would be, not to uh, remind you. But um, yeah, just seeing that you've, you've first class debut back in 2002 and you list a the year before, it's almost like this whole period of time that I've been following and watching cricket, you've just been, <laughs> you've just been there the whole, the whole point. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, I think professionally, I started in 2000. And yeah, as you say, 2001 was was list A, and then 2002 was first class. So I think I'm coming into my 21st season as a professional. So yeah, yeah, gone a bit. Few, few more grey hairs. So <laughs> well, that's the is harder. The um, the internet just like in a couple of clicks just exposes. You know, like everything, you like the different kits that you've worn or the different hairstyles, whatever anyone's had, it's just there for everyone to access. Exactly. And I've had some bad hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with the kit as well, when I started, it used to be quite fashionable to have oversized baggy shirts and jumpers. So there's one where I think early on in my career, my, my short sleeve would actually come down to like close to my, my wrist. And that's yeah. a short sleeve shirt. Um, where now everything's all slim fit and can barely tuck a shirt in nowadays because it's so short. So um, yeah. you have to make sure you, you keep on track with your fitness. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you get exposed a little bit with, the, with those shirts. <laughs> sure, God, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. All right, we'll, we'll get get cracking in just a minute. Oh, there we go, it's turned five. So this is the, the latest in our pre-season series here with Open Up Cricket and it's great to have uh, Ricky Clark joining me. And as I've just been saying there, um, Ricky's career is uh, 
still going going into his 21st season as a pro in this year. So we've got plenty to talk about from his experiences, not only on the county circuit with Surrey, Derbyshire and Warwickshire, and of course back at Surrey now, but also times playing for England as well. Um, and a few of the uh, few records that are held, which people might not be aware of, but um, certainly illuminates what we're looking at. So first of all, Ricky, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. And the first topic we're going to go into, uh, linked, in fact, to one of these records that you hold, is fielding focus, something that a lot of recreational players maybe choose not to pay attention to, the, the fielding side of things, and maybe think it's just all about the bat and the ball. But your record that you hold there of seven catches, uh, outfield catches in innings back in 2011, not far uh, up the road for me at, at Liverpool Cricket Club, um, made me think about how m- how people can carve out routines and, and techniques to make sure that they're completely switched on, whether it's in the, the slips like yourself or, or elsewhere in the field. So I'll just hand over to you for your views on that. Well, fundamentally, you have to enjoy building. You have to enjoy it um, from a very, very young age. Um, I was always in and around a cricket ground or cricket field. I was always sort of working on my fielding again from a young age. I'd grab loads of people and say, come and hit me catches, um, try and beat me on the boundary ropes. I was running around and diving. Um, so you have to enjoy it. The more you enjoy it and the better you get at something, the easier it is to, to keep focus. Um, I've played with many guys through my career who are just, I don't like fielding. Um, can't wait for it to be lunch or can't wait until it's tea. Is, is the day's play done yet? So it actually drags out a little bit. So actually, you, sometimes you've got to take it as a positive and say, I love building. I want the ball to come to me more often than not. And time actually goes quicker and you find yourself getting off the field quicker as well because you're, you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, practice, as I say, you've got to practice as much as you can because there's no better feeling than making a good stop or taking a good catch. Um, and that makes you feel good about yourself as well. Um, and you always just want to be in the game. I think fielding is a massive part of it that the more you enjoy it, the more you practice, the better you are. And, and fundamentally, you're in, you enjoy it more and uh, your fine time goes goes by a lot quicker. Yeah. Now, when you're in the moment in that, that slip cordon, um, is there anything in particular that you'd use to make sure that you retain your focus? Because... It's a long old day uh, in even your shorter formats, never mind playing across four days where you might be in the field for the best part of two days in a row at some point. So is there anything that you've employed to make sure you can keep that focus on what you're doing? So for me, it's always been a case of the the, the switch on, switch off. Um, And when I was younger, that never really happened. I was always just, everything was just on I was on all the time um, and as I sort of went into the professional game I realised that because of the season because of the games that you, you got coming up and it was quite a hectic season you had to have that sort of switch off mode so I sort of put it into my game time as well it wasn't always just you know when the day's play is done I'd switch off I'll try and switch off during during the game as well and particularly at slip it, I found it so beneficial for me that I'd switch on probably for about seven seconds, I reckon. And and that is literally when the, the, the bowl is running into bowl. I get into my position. 
I'll switch on. If it comes to me, I'd, I'd be thinking that the ball's coming to me every single ball. This ball is coming to me. If it didn't, I'd then switch off, have a little conversation, a little bit of a chat, you know, a bit of encouragement to the bowler or other fielders. And I just found that that was a, a lot easier and simpler for me to have that sort of method of switching off that allowed me to concentrate for longer, which fundamentally allows you to, to do your job a lot better. Yeah. And that technique is so transferable to other parts of our life where there's a temptation to be feeling like we've got to be switched on all the time and we've got to always be be focusing really intently when actually it can just be those little moments. So when we think about ways of just being able to to calm things down, to look after our mood and so on, the, the art of slick catching offers up all those uh, opportunities to, to learn from within that. So what would you say on a, a technical perspective here that people could take away to improve their own slip food because we've got a lot of people who end up going into that position because in club cricket they they probably can't move uh, to go elsewhere so if people are finding themselves put in those positions or are wanting to to develop that what would be a couple of tips that you'd say could be worked on quite quickly well fundamentally you have to be relaxed now you could have a hundred slip builders um, in this conversation and everyone will have their own different way of doing it. They'll have their own technique, their own method. And fundamentally, that is what it should be for you. Um, I've had many coaches over the years saying, oh, you know, you have your hands on your knees and you're, you're, you're too relaxed. You've got to be you know, in, a, in a real good, powerful position. And, and I'm just like, well, no, because I don't want to be like that all day because the tension is going to be in your body, shoulders, I just didn't feel that it worked for me. So it was quite handy that the coaches along the way understood that. They tried to change it, but they understood that this is what worked for me. Um, And and I'd say that to anyone. You have to be relaxed um, when you're in in anything, really. Um, If that be fielding, batting, bowling, or any different sport or any walks of life, the, the better you are, the better you are, in a relaxed form, the better you will be um, in, in the task that you want to, to achieve. So relaxed. Um, I've mentioned practice. The, the more you practice, the, the more confident you get. Um, and obviously the, the, the switch on, switch off, because the more you switch on and switch off, that allows you to keep your focus. Mm. Okie dokie, great stuff. Well, we'll move from the fielding focus now onto something which I think people have got to look from the outside in and think that over such a long career, there's had to have been a motivation to keep improving and not rest on your laurels and still want to be going. Um, having played so much cricket, but having that desire and that, that, that will to do it. So for you, Rick, what is it that has been core to your motivation to keep improving from uh, a younger player to a, to a slightly older one now? Um, well, early stages was always to try and keep improving and to do the best I can on a basis that I still wanted to play for England. That was always the aspiration. So when I first started with Surrey, it gave me an opportunity to to um, perform and put myself in the shop window for England. Obviously had a little taste of that. Um, and during my career, I wanted more of it, really. Um, then it got to a stage where I, I was realistic to the fact that England days are sort of gone. Um, and like kind of think you play the game because you want to sort of leave a legacy behind at, at the club that you're at and the county you're at. 
and I wanted to win trophies for for the county I was at. So the motivation was always to be ideally first pick on the team sheet through what I was um, achieving and, and what I was capable of doing um, for, for the captain and, and the coach and for the team. So it was always a case of winning trophies and uh, leave a legacy behind when I do hang up my boots. Yeah. And say when you're in more of the difficult times, uh, the, the bits of this, the year when it's not as um, obvious that you re- that your hard work's going to pay off. So I'm thinking maybe of the pre-season or perhaps when it's getting a bit of a, a drag with the travelling and the switching between formats. What's been your approach in those moments to keep motivated? Because it might seem that the trophies and those accolades are, are quite far off. Processes. Um, it, you might hear it a lot. Um, it's just, yeah, going back to what you know has worked, um, trusting in your, your processes. Um, and that allows you to understand. And there's a, a certain thing, particularly in cricket, that um, they say it's mother cricket will always look after you if you do the right things. And I think that that, that can be on in anything as well that as long as you're doing the right things you will get rewarded in the end um there's times where you don't have a lot of luck but if you keep going you will have that luck you know there's there's times that you need it um you might need some runs and you get dropped or your stone lbw and the umpire doesn't give you and then you kick on from there so just understanding that you're only you know a few innings away or a decent spell away from being back in form, which allows you to then just switch that mode of, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a good position and you can keep motivated that way. Um, since I've become a dad nearly 13 years ago, uh, that's changed my focus a lot because you have a different, a different um, focus that you need to concentrate on. Cricket actually isn't that important anymore. Uh, when I was younger, it was everything. It, it became um, something that I enjoyed when I started, then it became a job. And I was like, right, okay, this is this is really serious now. Um, I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got bills to pay and stuff like that. Then um, when my daughter came along and then soon after my son, there was a different focus and I went to, to work and I play cricket now with a lot of fun and enthusiasm also because I know that I'm coming to the end. So I started because I enjoyed it why not finish and enjoy it? So it, it totally changed my focus. And um, I'll probably say that family time was was more important than me getting naught or smacked into the stands. Yeah. And I guess that, that feeds back into what you said regarding the feel, fielding, that when you relax and you're able to, to do things in that relaxed environment or you can have the on-off and switch off and it not all be consuming on one thing, you give yourself the chance for those processes to to bear results a hundred percent so from my point of view, when i was younger it was terrible because i'd run in i'd bowl a ball it'd be a bad ball i'll get hit for four now i bowl probably another overall two overs after that and i'm still really sort of angst about the ball that i bowled you know an overall two ago that went for four now as i've learned and, and got more experience, I can't do anything about that bad ball. So the second I run into bowl the next ball, that ball's already gone because I can't do anything about it. And when I was younger, I used to really stress about that ball. And fundamentally, I'd bowl probably another 
three or four of them because of the anxiety that I had from from that one ball. Now it's gone, and you just, as I said, you go back to your processes and you just you hone in on what you've done and and how you practice, and you forget what's gone because you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Do you notice yourself doing that, Ricky? Where you you might think the instinct might be to to get worked up about a, a, a bad delivery or a fumble in the field, but then you almost do you sort of catch yourself and then go, no, I've, I've got to let that go? Yeah, I, I think there were, my dad always used to say to me, like, when you get in those sort of scenarios, count to 10. Yeah. I was like, right, okay, how's that going to help? But actually it does, <laughs> because you look at it, you, you can feel yourself and then you count to 10 and then it's gone. You, you forgot about what, why you were even counting to 10 in the first place. Um, so I, th- I think it helps just to, as I say, relax and understand that, you're not going to be perfect every time. And I think when I was younger, I was always striving to be perfect every time. And it sort of just didn't really work that way. As I got older, as I say, it's worked in a um, a more positive way for me because I understand that I can't be. And um, that's probably allowed me to be more consistent and probably a better cricketer than I was when I was younger um, because of, of the way I, I let things go now. And that runs in quite nicely to our third theme of overcoming setbacks. Now, anyone who's played the game professionally for for the length of time that you have, of course, is going to have the ups and the downs that that exist uh, for, for all of us in life. And cricket magnifies them because we've got a scorecard where it says in black and white what you've done and, and maybe what you <laughs> what you haven't done. So, what's been your your method as as well as the things that you've mentioned to be able to overcome the setbacks that you've had to to keep going and, and, and charging forward well basically it's just to as i said before understand that i can't be perfect all the time um i remember when i first got into the england side um i then got dropped from england and the first thing i did was to go back and try and prove to the selectors i'm a good player um and that wasn't really me because what got me there in the first place was a process. I keep on mentioning it, but it was a process, um, a method, and that got me the runs and the wickets that got me selected for England. Um, but then when I went back to Surrey at that, that initial stage, it was, right, I'll show you. And I was getting some of the best 30s you've ever seen in your life, but I was getting out. Now, what got me there was hundreds. Um, and, you know, getting wickets and taking catches was part of it, but mainly in the early stages, it was my batting that got me recognised for England. Um, and because I was, as I said, I was young, I didn't really know how to to deal or understand what I needed to do at that stage. As you get older, you get more experience and you do understand what you need to do and you start, start to know your own game a lot better. Um, so overcoming the setbacks now is they're gone. You can't do anything about them. You forget about them. Um, and I've sort of learned as well that the setbacks are sort of few and far between. You're always going to have setbacks in sport, but I think you have more better days um, than you do 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 the bad days. Um, that's what I found anyway. Um, and I think it goes back to my practice as helped because if you're performing and you're doing well and you're understanding your game, you're going to have better days than, than bad days. Um, so I think it was uh, dealing with the setbacks as I got older was a lot easier because I took away what they were and, and tried to forget about them as soon as possible. Yeah. Now, in a sport like ours where it's a 
it's a team game, but it's often said it's a team game played by individuals and you can have a great day and uh, score a turn or, or take a five through and the, the team doesn't do so well, but people can still think, well, you know, I've done my bit. But that support that can be from teammates is the thing that can, for a lot of people, make or, or break it. How's that been um, for you across your, your career, the, the involvement with the, with the other players? How much support has that been? Or are you someone who's tended to, to focus on, on your, on your uh, particulars um, and then let that feed into the team? Um, first and foremost, I think during my career, I've been exceptionally lucky and fortunate to play with some amazing cricketers and amazing people. Um, so that always helps, you know, if you've got a, a good group um, around you, um, a group that talks a lot, a group that understands what the common goal is um, and is pretty much a selfless group, you will find yourself winning trophies. And I, I, I found that particularly when I, at the start of my career, the Surrey side that I grew up with was, was fantastic and they all knew what they needed to do as a role everyone understood each other's games and there was trophies. I then went obviously to, to Warwickshire where again, everyone knew their role, um, enjoyed each other's success and there was trophies. And then now back at Surrey to come back, everyone knew their role and, and so on. So um, that makes it a lot easier. Um, and, and fundamentally, I, I think growing up, as, as I said before, I didn't understand that as much. Um, of, of what I needed to do and, and what was expected of me, um, and if I'm honest, I can look at it, look back now and say, you know, realistically, I was I was probably terrible to deal with at times because of, of these sort of moods that I had along the way, because of the balls that I was sort of letting eat up inside of me that had gone a few days before, probably. So um, as I've got older, I think I've got better. Um, I'm probably still, you know, some of the teammates now probably say I'm still a grumpy old man every now and then, but, you know, I say to them I was a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> so um, it, it gets to the stage now that, you know, you can look at things in, in a different light. Um, hopefully I can pass on some knowledge and experience now to, to the younger generation, at, at, particularly at Surrey, um, that, that will help them understand what they need to do during their careers. Mm. Now, my final bit before I open this to, to questions for, for, for mothers is, of course, we all have those ups and downs across our, whether it's a cricket career or our, our job elsewhere or just life in general. Um, I'm always fascinated to see what a team environment can do to, to support that. So whether it's experiences of yourself having those lows or, or the players around you, What's what seems to have worked the best to support people with just their just how they are as people on a day to day, week to week or season to season basis? I think fundamentally honesty. Um, you know, you, you you got to understand, and I think I've been pretty good during my career that I'm sort of different kettle of fish in terms of I understand people are going to have bad days. Um, sometimes in 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 squads and, and sides, you know. People have a certain um, way they want everyone to be, but it's not going to be the case. Um, so I've always found that, you know, honesty, talking to people helps massively understanding what people are like. Um, you know, if someone's quiet on a, on a particular day, I've always sort of, you know, gave the, are you okay? 
if they say yes, you know, I leave them to it and, and let it move on because the next day they're probably going to be upbeat. Um, but I think it's a case, yeah, of, of trying your best to understand that in each individual is very different. Um, but having the group, as I said, the group of lads that I've played with over the course of now 21 years um, has been fantastic because it's a group of lads you can always talk to. Okay, superb. Right, I'll open this up now, as I say to people for questions, so they can put them either in the chat or in the Q&A tab that is um, along the top. Um, as people are typing and getting those um, out there, I'll just throw in another thing, Ricky. Um, you've mentioned there, of course, how having a family has changed your, your your life and you and so on, and now you're starting out with a venture of your own coaching academy. What's been the key to you for dealing with a work-life balance? Oh, it's been very tough. It's been very tough. Um, it's been long hours. Um, obviously, you know, doing the academy, I'm pretty much doing everything at this moment in time. So admin, um, I'm HR, finance, <laughs> customer <laughs> service, the lot. Um, but I think it's been good because... It's allowed me to, again, as I said before, get away from cricket a little bit. So even though it's a it's an academy and it's still cricket-based, it's allowed me to get away from the, the professional side of the game a little bit and gives me a different sort of focus. Um, and fundamentally, I, I want to try and give back to the next generation the, the best I can. Um, so it, it's been difficult, but I've always believed in having a good time management. And that, that's always been one of my sort of strong points during my career that you would never find me late you'd always find me on time or working around a decent sort of time management to make sure I can fit everything in um particularly being an all-rounder as well because there there are times you need to get your batting in your bowling your fielding um your fitness you know strength work everything so it's always been um important for me to to have a decent time management and i'm finding that's helping me now in my sort of transition to this uh, academy okay we got here um if you could choose to relive one moment in your professional career what would it be relive one moment of professional career um probably my england debut um it was <laughs> it was a weird sort of we talk about emotions and highs and lows. My England debut was 2003 against Pakistan in an ODI um, at Old Trafford. And um, I went out to bat and I'd, order, I'd always had this sort of little paddle sweep that had worked for me for, for the, the last like year or two to get me off the mark. And I tried it, second ball on my debut and I got bowled. So my, my debut started off with a second ball duck. So I was like, right, this isn't, this isn't very good, is it? You know, <laughs> Um, and obviously, with, with cricket at that sort of standard and international standard, you know you're going to be under a microscope um, for, for media, uh, press, everything. So it didn't start too well. But then when I come on to bowl, I got a wicket with my very first ball in international cricket. So I was like, right, OK, this is all right now. So it was the highs and lows. Um, but for me, I think to relive it, it's a weird thing. Everyone always says, if only you knew then what you know now. And, and that would be, be the case for me. Um, if I, what I know now, if I went back and, and had it all over again, I'd do things a hell of a lot different to what I did at the start. But um, I think you, you could probably grab thousands of cricketers who would say exactly the same thing. So for me, it's um, 
you know, I'd, I'd love to go back and relive uh, the debut. Mm, yeah. I'd, I'd keep I'd keep the first ball, but not the batting, <laughs> not the batting performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that theme, uh, another part of this question was, and you probably get asked this a fair bit. Uh, as an all rounder, is it is there one discipline that you prefer, the batting or the bowling? You know, during my career, it's sort of gone full circle. So when I was young, I was always a bowler. Um, then I got signed by Surrey and then my batting took over and I, I sort of got picked mainly for my batting. Um, people said I had raw sort of pace, but I'd be expensive with the ball, but I'd get the odd wicket uh, to, to break to get breakthroughs and stuff. Um, and then now it's sort of gone towards a stage where probably my bowling is, is my strongest suit. So um, it's difficult. I enjoy bowling now because at the moment it's going well. But when I was younger, I enjoyed batting because it was going well. So you always enjoy the stuff that's going well. Um, I don't know. Is, would, would I say enjoy more? Probably batting, actually. There's no greater feeling than, you know, being in control with, with a bat in your hand. If, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say I'd, uh, yeah, I'd choose batting. Yeah, okay. Um, we've got one, I think it's a... Really interesting one. What would you like to be remembered for when you do end up retiring? Um, someone who gave everything to, to the game, um, played with their heart on their sleeve and <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, more often than not, a smile on their face. Um, yeah, some, someone who was um, talented. Um, I, I always hear that I could have, done more um everyone always says that so and that goes back to what i said previously with the last question that if only i knew then what i know now um i think I've, i would have been a a better cricketer um but yeah to be remembered when i retired for someone who gave everything to the game um and you know was consistent a consistent performer mm, okay okay um how has the approach to mental health changed in professional cricket over your career? So I can imagine there being some some differences from from when you first started out to where we are now, with the awareness being much more heightened. But what would your your view on that be? You've said it there. The awareness um, when I first started, it wasn't really around. Um, and the good thing is now that people can openly talk about it. Um, and I think what I've noticed is you, you see the signs more where back when I first started early 2000s, no one really knew what the signs were. Um, so I can only see that as being a massive positive that, you know, the, the more people talk about it and are more open um, with, with mental health, it allows and, and helps people to understand um, what they're potentially going through and also how to deal with what they're going through. Yeah. And I think this will be part Final question time-wise, um, which is another good one. How have you coped spending time with people in the same squad or team who have completely different personalities? Well, again, I've always found that I understand that people are completely different. So for me, it's helped. Um, during, As I said, during the course of, of 21, 21 years, I have never disliked any member of my team. So I, I take that as a positive. There might be many members of the team that have disliked me, but I never knew it. <laughs> I'll still take that as a positive. 
Um, but it, yeah, it's just a case that I've, you know, you're always going to have differences with people um, and you're always going to have, you know, teammates falling out of each other or, you know, not getting on. But um, I've never sort of disliked anyone. Um, and I've found that it's been very easy. And for the simple fact as well, being in the sides I've been in, when you're winning trophies, you know, you can't really argue about anything because everything's going well. Um, but I've always understood that people are completely different and you can't treat everyone exactly the same because it will never work. You have to, you know, look at what, what makes people tick and what, what doesn't make them tick and, uh, um, try and be a a decent teammate from, from there. Okay. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, we covered a lot of ground there and I think all the way through there's things which are related to like that, techniques that can be employed which cricket has been the example that's been given but people can take those things that have been said and apply them pretty much anywhere and some of those insights have been things which I'm certainly going to think about and I know people can apply them very much directly so I really appreciate your time Ricky and what we would I think everyone's thinking at the moment whether it's a player or a fan is let's get ourselves back to as normal a cricket season as possible so we can watch you guys do your stuff. We can get out on the field ourselves uh, and enjoy it. So wish you all the best in the lead up to the season and hopefully when it does start, um, the 21st season goes very well indeed. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.